Welcome to a furious, flurry-filled, oh my goodness, let's fire up the podcast talking machine episode of the Week in Sports Cars. I'm Marshall Pruitt. I'm the idiot on this side of the Atlantic. Uh, on the other end of the line here, not an idiot, definitely on the other side of the Atlantic, though. That is our man, my man, my co-pilot, Graham Goodwin. Hey, Graham Goodwin, did you hear some rumors? That on this beautiful show brought to us by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com, there might be something to talk about in the world of endurance (laughs) racing today. (laughs) It's been been quite an hour or two, hasn't it? Um, Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I'm in Portimao, uh, having five minutes ago got my PCR test result, PCR test number 40 this year. Um, and believe me, this one was intrusive uh, and can now enter the paddock at uh, the WEC, which gets underway this weekend. But yes. Um, was this a turn your head and cough COVID test? The, the intrusive part is what scares I, me I here. wish. Uh, honestly, I think she nicked my lung at one point. It was it was genuinely. Ooh. I think she's got a great future ahead of her as a chimney sweep. Wow. Uh, but it's absolutely. I think she could have put a suppository on the end of it and delivered oh, that while she was doing it. But um, we're starting off here. We're already at the bottom. Yeah, oh my goodness! BM, BMW and <laughs> what the heck went on there with the Instagram post from the CEO of BMW's M division uh, that uh, includes. Boots Motorsports, Marcus Flash, um, effectively confirming an LMDH program for 2023 and beyond, starting at Daytona um, with a beautiful picture, which I thought was a render, by the way, of the BMW V12 LMR. It's not. I've just reposted a bit of film. That is the actual um, Jenny Holzer art car uh, being put into a concert hall in Munich, I believe, as an exhibition. And he's used that to announce what we now know to be true, MP. What what can you tell us to fill in the gaps? I've got a little bit of info. <laughs> okay, couple things. A little bit of house cleaning. Uh, we were meant to record a regular episode of Twisk <laughs> right around now. Actually, about an hour plus ago. Yeah, hey, a little uh, newsy thing dropped uh, in everyone's lap. And so we are now having to work through stories and a lot of phone calls and a lot of confirmations and whatnot. We're now a little bit short on time, but we want to do a couple things. One, we want to get this episode up and out now. Uh, It's going to be shorter than usual. Obviously, we're going to open talking about BMW because, hey, wow. Um, Not a total surprise. If you're a regular listener to the show, you've heard us talk about we expect BMW, Cadillac, Lamborghini to be announced as the next LMDH programs. And so, again, Not a surprise if you've read Graham's work, a little bit of mine, other reporting on the good old interwebs. BMW coming to LMDH, not a shocker. The method in which it was confirmed, we're going to get to that in just a second. But we got a little, maybe an hour today. And for whatever we don't get to, uh, if you're really passionate about the questions you sent in, send them in for next week. We've stopped doing the resubmission thing, but a little bit of a special exception. So that's a little bit of house cleaning up front. Let's go to this, Graham. So, first of all, we're going to give our thoughts and prayers to Marcus Flash and hope that we, on top of reading a press release about BMW's plans for LMDH, which no one has, and to my knowledge has not been written, we just have an Instagram post, um, we're also going to uh, say our thoughts and prayers and hope that we don't read another press release tomorrow saying that uh, Gunther such-and-such is the new uh, CEO of the BMW M department. (laughs) I don't think so. I know do I. I'm I'm kidding a little bit. It sort of looks, doesn't it? It sort of looks, MP, honestly, as if this was a timed Instagram post that went early. There was literally nothing out there. And I've called, I think, now seven numbers that I have at BMW uh, Motorsport and everybody's gone home. <laughs> you know, it's um, even if they were working, nobody's picking up. And I do have this kind of mental picture of all the BMW PR people running around with their hair on fire right now. It, it, it's. Um, I can tell you this: it is the most bizarre thing. I informed uh, a good friend of ours who looks after BMW North America's motorsports communications. No joke. I yeah. uh, unexpectedly. I was calling to ask for confirmation. Um, I was informing. So, yeah. So was his, 
was the was the first words out of his mouth what? Uh, I took a screenshot and <laughs> sent it uh, so it could be seen while we were talking, and was then told. Uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And so not making light of him or them or anyone, just this is a rare thing. And this is why I just we're laughing and having a little bit of fun because it's just so out of character. And I don't want to fall into stereotypes and tropes, but we do know, Graham, that if you follow communications that we receive on almost a daily basis from whichever significant German uh, auto racing manufacturer type efforts, those communications are so finely crafted and combed through and strategied and just nothing comes out without 97 layers of approval and review. And again, perfection in each press release, in each dissemination of information. And so then you go, we're learning about this in Brother Man's IG post? What? If this came, name another brand. Uh, if this was something from Kia or Hyundai or name or name some other kind of fun challenger brand, you might go, yeah, that's a little bit, okay, got it. Social media going to let it out of the bag for a rigid structure like a BMW or a Porsche or an Audi or similar to have gone first on Instagram. I just, and not from corporate, not Not from say uh, uh, the head of BMW motor sport, but M itself. It's just weird, funny, weird. MP, I mean, across their various corporate platforms in North America and the UK and Europe, to give you an idea, they're not sitting there waiting for news. I've just checked. This week, I've had 13 press releases from BMW. This week, okay? None of them <laughs> talk about this massive global uh, sports car program. Um, look, we're having a bit of fun at their expense. Uh, let's just say this. This is brilliant news. We it's love it. more brilliant news. It's more brilliant news on top of more brilliant news and with more still to come. And... We are now knocking at the door of truly extraordinary numbers in the big races around the world that you and I love and our listeners love. So um, what can we yeah. share that, and this is with a proviso, that as often as possible, we try and tell you all, dear uh, members on this long weekend sports cars trip of ours, we try and tell you everything we can but we can't always tell you everything. And this is a situation where there's some things we know about that we have known about. Some things we've just learned today that haven't put in print can't exactly define, but what are some of the things we can share? Graham, what we can share is this. Um, We know that BMW have been in a process of evaluation. That's evaluation technically, uh, which we know they've been talking to at least three in fact, we know they've spoken to all four of the chassis manufacturers. And my guess would be, and it's a fairly educated guess, that when we do get the details of this program, that what they'll have taken to the board will have been a program that includes their principal technical partners. In other words, the chassis manufacturer. We would it be because- one with a name that aligns nicely with uh, the first letter in the word Deutschland? It could be. Ooh. Yes, I think you're quite right. Are we teasing? We're teasing. Not, not we shouldn't enough. do that. We that's what we've heard. <laughs> but so, so look, well, first thing first, I think when we when we get to this announcement, it will be an announcement of program. So we'd expect to be told where it's racing. All we know for certain right now is that, that car will start its first campaign at the Rolex twenty four hours because that's what the drunk tweet sorry, the Instagram hey. post <laughs> you sorry uh, said said so we know it's starting there you can deduce from that that an imsa program is highly likely drunk on happiness that's what it is not I on alcohol so. but drunk on happiness yeah well, and that's I'm the other key, key thing that that we've gleaned yeah. is cannot say because they have provided no details at the time of this recording right oh we know lmdh nothing, nothing 2023 nothing. daytona is it a one and done? We don't know. Maybe that's it. They're going to ramp it up for a single event, Graham, and shut it down. Yeah. 
<laughs> While we're talking, in fact, my phone is dinging away with various messaging apps, and I keep looking to see if any of the BMW guys have come back to me. But it's it's basically a live stream of WTF. Uh, it's just extraordinary stuff. Um, so we can we can deduce. I think it's fair that, that it looks like there will be a North American program. I genuinely cannot imagine a circumstance in which that car or those cars would not go to the Le Mans 24 hours. Whether or not, whether or not there is a full WEC program, I think is going to come down to what budgets have been cleared by the BMW board, uh, whether or not there is a a team either in place at BMW or one that they would appoint. Um, Well, the other things we don't know yet, whether or not BMW know what the calendar will be for next year. Is it, is it six races, eight races? We don't know. We've got a question about that later. So I think at the moment, the IMSA program is actually easier to write uh, to uh, to tick off because actually we already know broadly speaking what that calendar is going to be we don't know what the wc calendar is going to be yet so that might might come later so i think there was a bit of hashtag wait and see here um i just want to say one word we've had a little bit of uh, a bit of fun at the expense of a couple of senior people at bmw well done sirs and madams this is not an easy thing to get through a corporate board right now. How, you know, however, we're celebrating the number that we've, we've been getting lately. But thank you and congratulations for achieving that corporate objective to actually get that brand back and racing at the very top of sports car racing. I'm absolutely delighted that they've managed to get that. There was times when the BMW program didn't look as if it might happen. It then started to kind of seem to kind of gather momentum over the last few weeks and put aside anybody claim. We said it first. We, they've been looking at it for a long time. It's it's ebbed and flowed as a lot of these programs have. Uh, but right now it looks like they've got it across the line and BMW fans will have something to cheer at the sharp end of some very big races indeed from 2023. They joined the party, MP. And we tick closer to the point where we can start thinking about 20 car top classes at the biggest races. Just nuts. So, yeah, we're going to start claiming we were last, although we weren't. <laughs> yeah, we're last. We're, we're the most in the dark reporters and podcasts you'll ever listen to. What? There's a race in Le Mans? Broken. Broken. Where is that? <laughs> That's in Italy, right? Uh, so, just a quick Broken. recap. wonderful (laughs) wonderful that uh maybe we're the drunk ones maybe marcus is the only sober one here uh just to recap bmw coming to lmdh if we're talking who has officially confirmed we're now up to four manufacturers acura audi porsche and bmw now fantastic as we have if we add in the lmh uh, cars in wc then we can add in tota obviously glicken house uh, uh, jim keeps telling me he's in this for the long term uh the peugeot from 2022 and the ferrari from 2023 multiply those numbers by around two or more and you start to see the kind of numbers you're going to get for le mans from 2023 how do you how do you just gloss over by how are you that big of a jerk i mean uh, the most anticipated lmh in the history okay i'm gonna stop um if you're fairness honestly that was a pretty incendiary remark if you don't mind me saying so hey fire jokes about (laughs) by wow Goodwin is on the boil today. So we've got four confirmed for LMDH. We absolutely expect Cadillac, as we've been saying, it's now almost getting a little bit like, come on, guys, just it's the worst kept secret. Uh, we expect Cadillac it's to be, be a tweet at two in the morning. Yo, tweet at two in the morning. I don't think it's tweet. Tommy I think Milner. it's MySpace. It's absolutely MySpace for sure. And it's, yeah, and it's Wayne Taylor. Oddly enough, for reasons we can't fully explain. Uh, We expect Cadillac to be in, so that should take us to five. We continue to have very strong, strong beliefs that yet another member of the Volkswagen group, Lamborghini, will be confirming that would take us to six. There are some others floating around, whether they are 2023 uh, for the... The only other one I, I believe there is a distinct possibility of seeing a brand is I believe there is a, a possibility that we'll see a WEC program for potentially a single Bentley. 
as early as 2023. It's potentially, okay? Um, McLaren 2024, we still McLaren. keep hearing there's there could be yeah. some, uh, there's a reason to be optimistic without being ready yeah. to say absolutely look for that confirmation ASAP, but feeling good totally about agree. that. Could there be one, maybe two other LMDHs that we, uh, manufacturers coming? Maybe. Again. Well, beyond, beyond that, Marshall, as well, what we've been talking about for a few weeks now and finally uh, revealed what what little we know uh, directly but i'm prepared to call it that's whether or not it's for 2024 when it's currently due or whether or not it's a year delayed with the inevitable uh, impact of covid hyundai for the hydrogen regulations i believe they are the first takers with a fuel cell car that is again designed to compete in and against that top class Le Mans only in the first year is what my understanding is and then the WEC the following year we wait probably we'll find out at Le Mans this year when that will be rolled out but I'm pretty certain after a bit of good work from our pal Stephen Kilby um, uh, that uh, and a few conversations i've had with a couple of people in the paddock and indeed with pierre fion that uh, i think we're looking set for fuel cell to come forward not a huge number of takers to actually build cars but lots interested in the future of the regulations and i'm pretty happy to put my hand up and say i believe it's hyundai can we officially on the show nickname and just use this in perpetuity no longer refer to our pal the head of the aco pierre fion by his full name and just refer to him with the nickname of Peefy. Peefy. That sounds like could, something you'd name could. a dog that you really don't like. And we do like Pierre, might, but Peefy, I just, might, I'm going to go with it. Fired. Yeah, you could do that. It might get me fired, but that's up to you. <laughs> Peefy! Peefy, Peefy, Peefy! Okay, we won't get uh, you fired. Uh, last <laughs> little closing thing here on BMW. Calls and lots of talking to folks this morning definitely suggests, uh, as I think I put in my little story, uh, we are of full belief that this program will be focused heavily on North America, also known as IMSA. Exclusively? Not ready to say that because we don't know. Do we, as Graham mentioned, expect this North American uh, BMW LMDH effort to indeed send cars to Le Mans each year? Of course, every manufacturer getting involved in LMDH that has a plan to be an IMSA, is expecting and has full intent to send those cars to go after overall victory. So at least for now, we can say with complete confidence, you're going to be able to see these BMW LMDHs, who we think might be partnering up with Delara to run in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Will we hope, genuinely hope, that we also learn, well, there's a factory intent as well, in the WEC, we hope to hear that. Haven't written it, haven't said it, because I haven't heard that. But we do hope that would be a thing. It'd be a little strange, Graham, considering where BMW is located and how close it is to a general uh, WEC calendar and so many of the events that take place. But again, we don't know that, so we're not ready to say that. But BMW, LMDH, likely with Delara. Don't know about engine package, but they sure have been doing a lot of turbocharged things of late. Um, IMSA for sure more to follow on the rest once we get more than an Instagram post alright brother uh, I think we have plumbed the depths of BMW knowledge where shall we go for the however much time we have left well um, we've got race meetings this weekend for both IMSA Detroit and of course here in Portimao for Wekaslam's Elm Zaco I think we've had three weeks Vimsa first. So let's start with Weckelsum's Elms Echo. That's our not so shorthand for ACO Rules Racing. Where do you want to start, MP? Clement Rosin says Hi, Clement. with the debut of the Glickenhaus 007 LMH this coming weekend. What are your expectations for the car's first big WC outings, Graham? Um, well, number one, delighted to hear. Uh, number two, uh, anybody that invested in a bespoke top class prototype i think deserves all our support we possibly can um i think success for them this weekend starts with a reliable eight hour run and on top of that a reliable eight hour run that has them finishing ahead of the lmp2 cars uh there's some bizarreness going on with bop 
with both the Alpine and no. the Toyota taking it. Yes. Never heard well, here's that the before. Thing. Here's the thing. So which basically means that, that there's all sorts of theories. We have a, a, a chance to sit down with the technical team tomorrow. Um, and I'm looking forward to that because my view, very simple. We were told no changes will be made to the balance of performance for hypercar uh, other than based on race data. If a change has therefore been made to the Toyota and the Alpine, but that, so there's no change, the basic uh, basic um, BOP applied to the Glickenhaus, that either tells you that the they're looking to balance it with the Glickenhaus, or it's telling you they found something in the race data from Spa. Uh, that's a question that needs to be answered before I can adequately answer that uh, the question from Clement. Uh, but for me, what success looks like is a trouble-free run. Jim Glickenhaus has made it clear to me and to everybody who's asked him that he thinks the his car will be less competitive here simply because of the nature of the Portimao track than it will be at Monza and at Le Mans. Um, he believes they may be in some trouble on the tyres in the second stint, but I think that's the same for everybody in hypercar and to a greater extent too in LMP2. Those uh, that sort of compromise 2021 good years have they're not they're, they're not able to push so much uh, deep into a second stint there. So uh, reliability. Absolutely is number one. If they can finish ahead of the LMP2s, uh, if I were them, I'd be turning cartwheels. Where that leaves them, we'll wait and see. Oh, we used to wait and see. I think that's our second of the episode. We get three. Uh, Damien Peachman says, hey, any updates on the LMH Peugeot program? The Peugeot program? He's yes. just correcting him in a... The way only an English person can, rudely. Um, but two things we can say about that. We know they're in the simulator. Um, there's been a, a range of shots uh, put out of variety of the drivers um, seated in both the actual uh, virtual simulator and also a uh, cockpit ergonomic uh, model to allow the drivers to have input into the design of the car. So we know that they're in the sim. There's been some feedback about how that is going which seems to be everybody involved in that program seems to be extremely pleased with the progress operating at a very high level we also believe we know that the the chassis of the car will, will be built by Ligier but to Peugeot Sport design so Peugeot Sport basically contracting Ligier uh, for their um, uh, for the build of the, the better part of the car and Ligier by the way have uh, a very strong supply chain for, for carbon work, both in their own plants in France, but also they have uh, an arm in uh, in Italy that produces a lot of carbon for them as well. So that's what we know about that. In terms of anything more than that, not a lot. Um, not a lot at all. Okay. Matthew License says, I saw racing team Netherlands would be doing IMSA next season. So does this mean yeah. they won't be in WEC? Well, they may be, be getting ready and looking to move up to LMDH the following year. Well, this is an interesting one. So this happened in the paddock at uh, Paul Ricard. So the story is an endurance info story from my friends in France uh, who cover each of the LMS and direct quotes from Xavier Combe at TDS Racing, who, of course, look after the technical support for the racing team Netherlands effort. I have to say I was extremely surprised that Xavier would make as direct a proclamation about that program because essentially it's his customer's program. So that's the, the uh, story you'd have seen translated and under other people's uh, monikers, but it's a story that came from, from Endurance Info and, you know, the, the quotes, that's what he said. What we've seen since then is a further story from Mark Kernser, who looks after the interests of Fritz van Erd, who is, of course, the man who funds the um, Racing Team Netherlands effort, who tells a rather more guarded story about it. Are they evaluating might they do more in America? Yes, they might, but they've said that the year before and the year before that. So is it done? Well, you have to believe that if Xavier Combe is saying that it is, that it's gone a little further than uh, uh, an if button, and maybe. It doesn't necessarily mean they're not doing some WEC as well. It's fair to say there is an, a, a fair amount of dissatisfaction 
with the lack of a roadmap for LMP2 in ACO Rules Racing at the moment. Uh, we've not got a date for the new cars yet because obviously things have been moving a little bit backwards with uh, COVID. So we don't know yet when those new cars are going to uh, debut. We don't have any further details of what those new cars are going to be. We don't know what the engine's going to be. We don't know what they're going to look like. We don't know a whole lot of things. Uh, um, we believe there will be an LMP2 to replace the current LMP2. Uh, but it might be a response to that. It very likely is a response as well to the pretty radical uh, changes that came to the LMP2 cars. It may very well be that Fritz is not enjoying driving that car on circuits he's previously raced with high downforce with the low downforce kit, which is, of course, what the cars have now got in uh, the FIWC, the kit that would normally only have been used at Le Mans, they're now using and have used at Spa. They'll be using them this weekend and they'll use them at Monza, um, at Fuji, if that race stands, and Bahrain. So it may well be this is a little bit political as well, as well as the end of the day, it's his train set and he can go and spend the money where he darn well likes. So is it done? No. Is it something they're actively considering? Clearly, yes. Has there been a formal announcement they're doing it there? Fundamentally has not. Uh, I'm having a chat with Xavier tomorrow uh, when I can get into the paddock. Not allowed in without my negative test that I've just got. Um, and we'll see if that one goes forward. Apologies. Hoping, as always, to have perfect internet connection for our conversations. Uh, Graham, of course, doing his best to uh, hold his mobile phone as high as possible in the sky uh, <laughs> to get uh, cell service there. But apologies for any of the little dropouts. Certainly not intended, except for a couple of you. Yeah, we figure you. we don't like yeah. a couple of you, so bad. But Peefy, we love Peefy. Sorry, I'm trying to – you said to not get you fired. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, Dennis Parokniak, yes, a question that is so lovingly bizarre that I just can't avoid it. <laughs> Riding on the wave of Nürburgring 24 success, Graham. Is Renault Sport considering a Dacia hypercar instead of Alpine? I think Dennis is on to uh, another big news here. He's talking about the Dacia Logan that uh, competes in VLN and competed in the N24 and finished. And if you watch the end of the N24, you'll see the Dacia just ahead of the, the um the winning car crossing the line, which meant it had to go around again. Um, so uh, that would have been a very long last lap. I'm absolutely certain of that it was way down on most cars, but great to see it out there. And it's part of the characterful nature of that race. Uh, it's long been. Um, the answer is no. Um, if there's going to be anything from Renault Group, um, my guess is that the two ones that you'll most see in order are Alpine and Nissan, and we're hearing nothing at the moment about either. It's not to say it won't happen, but we're not hearing anything at the moment. Um, I will tell you one story about Dacia, which is back in the day, remember the Perrin? Remember that? Yes, yes. Uh, and Ginetta, the original, one well, of the original prospective customers, in fact, the original prospective customer for the Perrin, and then one of the first prospective customers for the uh, Ginetta, absolutely um, had a presentation uh, that would have had Dacia branding on those cars. 100%. I've seen the uh, images, um, and that would have been a principal backer of that effort. So here's the thing. We joke, but we came reasonably close um, to there being a Dacia LMP1. Wow, Dennis. Dacia, by the way, man. no MP or for, our North American listeners, particularly that don't know what Dacia is, Dacia is now part of the Renault Group. Was previously, I think it was a nationally owned Romanian company that used to build older Renault designs. Uh, so effectively, it's a license built. Uh, the Renault 12, for instance, was one that was built in Romania for years and years and years after uh, it was built in. Uh, in France, and I seem to recall actually fairly recently, as an aside, a Renault 12 competing in the 12 Hours of Sebring, rather bizarrely, in some IMSA GT whatever class. But uh, that's what Dacia is. It is a budget brand of the Renault Group. There we go. All right, let's see. Where else do we wander here? Uh, our pal Right Turn Lover says, which one would be faster, Graham? A European ELMS spec LMP2 
or an American IMSA spec LMP2? I think it depends on the circuit. I mean, the um, they've got the same bodywork. So it basically comes down to actually thinking about this, it's going to be the American one because I think they run with a little more power and a little less weight. Yeah. So they are going to be quicker. Um, if you then get into the WC side of things with the low drag kit, depending on the circuit, then that might offset some of the, the thing you've lost, those extra 20 kilos and the dialing back, something like another 50 horsepower take it off the um, the output the gibson but it's a it's a fair question it's rather a shame we haven't got a standard spec of lmp2 we've now got three different specifications running uh, worldwide the imsa spec the lms spec with the um increased weight reduced power and the regular body kit and the wc uh, spec which is exactly the same as the lms spec but the lower downforce body kit so yeah we need a plan lmp2 needs a plan and i think that's becoming more and more urgent and my guess, referring back to that previous question, is that's part of the story behind Racing Team Netherlands and others. You also, in a previous question, used the words radical and LMP2. So maybe we need a fourth, just old <laughs> radical, what were the SRP9 or whatever they called? That's where that's another It was SR9. SR9. Yes. There we go. Uh, let's see. Nagaraj M. Shinoi says... That's a name Ooh. I'm not sure I've heard before on the show. I've not heard that one before. Hi, Nagaraj. Yes, thank you. It says, with Ferrari and Porsche pulling out of GTE Pro after 2022, how probable is the following? As the class is in WEC from 2023 on, uh, LMH LMDH, LMP2 Pro, uh, LMP2 Ooh. AM, and then just straight up GTE AM. Um. I don't know. It's a straight answer. I mean, so there's two unknowns at the moment, I garage, and one is LMP2, as just discussed, and the other one is GT. Now, we believe we will hear details of the plan for GT moving forward at Le Mans this year. So that's at the end of August. We should find out what the plan is for GTE slash GT3, whatever it is that the ACO decide that they're going to do. And there's a range of options that could uh, could come into play there. We've got, I think, as we've said repeatedly, something between 30 and 40 currently active uh, GTE cars current uh, on the planet right now. The vast majority of those, by the way, will be in competition at Monza over two weekends next month in the LMS, knocking on for double figures, and a big group for the uh, the uh, the Monza six hours, the lead up to the Le Mans 24 hours. I remain to be convinced they will abandon GTE AM uh, as quickly as some people think that they will. Um, it depends, I think, MP, on just how alluring the prospect of a pro GT3 class is. There are some downsides to the ACO in doing that. There's certainly some downsides for SRO in the ACO doing that. And I think they'll be watching with watching very carefully what's going on at the moment. I read your racer piece earlier to do with you know, what they think the split might be between GTD Pro and GTD. Uh, I think they'll be looking at that with interest. The key point here is how many of those manufacturers would do both an LMDH and a GTD Pro program or GT3 Pro program, because if they won't do both, you have to think the ACO would prefer they did LMDH. And there's precious few manufacturers that would do a standalone GT3 program and, you know, w without a proto program. Lots of them to think about. They know way more than you and I do combined here in terms of where the prospects are in the next, not just the next year, but the next three to five years about who might come and with what. So I think we can expect there to be a plan but that plan might not have all the corners you might expect at this point. I mean, what, for instance, do you do about somebody like McLaren? They have a car that could come and do GT3 Pro tomorrow. But they've got a credible potential program for LMDH. Do you lose a potential top-class entrant by allowing them to come in with a GT3 car? My view is you quite possibly do. Um, I think that there is, I'm afraid I'm going to use up my next hashtag wait and see allowance in saying that i think we've got to wait and see exactly what the aco's machinations are about that and about lmp2 and it may well be that we get that in august as well i hope we do because there's a large group of professional teams that need now to be thinking particularly in these kind of straightened times 
what they need to plan for if they're going to keep their amateur drivers happy in a second string um, prototype uh, class. Uh, they need a plan. Speaking of waiting and seeing, we have uh, 15-ish minutes, maybe okay. 20 tops left before I need to hit stop on the internet talk machine and try and get this posted before we have to run out for a long afternoon of my wife's physical therapy. Uh, where would you like to go from here? Let's do a quick run through uh, the IMSA questions here, MP, and we'll, we'll try and do five minutes on general and fun at the end here. But Edge Horace says, how many full factory teams are you expecting for GTD Pro Corvette? Who else? BMW? How many teams will switch from today's GTD to GTB Pro? GTD Pro, sorry. Um, and who else? So, what, I mean, again, I'm sure you're going to direct people to your excellent piece on Racer. But it's what excellent positive, piece. Isn't it? I don't remember much about that crap uh, <laughs> that I wrote. Um, yeah, well, new wrinkle here with uh, BMW. So, did we expect some form of BMW factory or heavily aligned customer team, like, say, a Turner Motorsport, to have some form of GTD Pro presence next year? With a brand new BMW M4 GT3? Yes. But what does that mean now that we know LMDH is coming in 23? Will they do a year in GTD Pro and then not? Will they continue to support GTD Pro after the LMDH program comes online? Uh, we hope that that's the case, that they're just simply adding participation in a prototype class while being invested in uh, the replacement for GT Le Mans. We just don't know there. So again, I think we're going to see some uh, beautiful M4 GT3s next year in GTD Pro. Just can't tell you the, the duration behind all that. Porsche is a real interesting one, I think, Ed, where I think we're going to have a similar thing of not necessarily competing as a factory, but could there be a client or two or more? Who knows? Uh, call them, you know, semi-works involvements that represent Porsche in the class. Could it be a FAF? Could it be a hard point? Could it be a right? Could it be all of them? I don't know. Um, think we'll see something there. I don't think we're going to see uh, full Porsche factory colors on anything, Graham. But again, you know, would love to be proven wrong because that would be awesome. I think we're going to see something from Acura. Can't tell you who, what, how, when. They don't have a giant presence this year, but I've heard there's interest from them. Is that, again, a factory-ish thing or is it a customer? I, th I keep thinking, except for Corvette Racing, I keep thinking we're just going to be hearing more about the majority of whatever numbers show up in GTD Pro are going to be not named factory uh, efforts, but actual, you know, some of the uh, the more privateer-owned programs that either use their current links with brands, Graham, or elevate yep. to a new level of status with them. Lexus is the other one uh, with the uh, Vassar Sullivan team. We keep hearing there could be something there, maybe a car. So lots of alliances, I think, is what we're going to hear about with actually the pure factory side being the maybe a little bit of the exception uh, to the rule. I'm going to chuck one in, um, and I will come back to you next week with this, and that is Ferrari. Oh. And I have... A, a very interesting conversation underway at the moment, which could change the way we're thinking about a program. And I'll say no more than that. But I, I'm not going to count out Ferrari yet. I might be able to do that as soon as Monday. Lamborghini as well. We keep, you know, we yep. when GTD Pros announced, they were one of the first that we heard slash thought, oh, yeah, they're going to be there with something. Don't know, again, if it's semi-works, full-works, non-works, whatever, but we think we're going to see the uh, the bowl there as well. So what I'm hoping to gain more knowledge on, Ed, is numbers. And I mean numbers in terms of 
these factory alliances with privately owned teams? Are we talking, hey, you're already in GTD, and let's go do something together as halfway partners in GTD Pro with a single car? Or will there be some, like Corvette, which we expect, proper two-car factory entries, which have been the norm in GT Le Mans slash GTE Pro for quite some time? At the moment, it feels like there's going to be a lot of singles, but I'm hoping we learn about some doubles. Excellent. Uh, we've got a barrage of questions, which are around something we've touched on already. Is there much more we can say about GM, Cadillac, other than the fact we expect it to happen? And it might happen this weekend. It might not happen this weekend. Is there much more we can really say? No. Funnily enough, while recording this podcast, have been in a text exchange with someone, it's definitely a human being, uh, that has added some new information as Ooh. to the how and I can't tell you exactly when, but how this might be confirmed, made public, and so on, at least the first steps. So we have been calling this, Graham, I believe, for a little while now, the worst-kept yep. secret. Right, and then we don't say that in a negative or dismissive way, but it's like, no, 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 come no. on, man. You know, it, it's just joshing. It, it's when you see the the baby bump, and you're like, yeah, that's about eight months. Okay, I mean, uh, <laughs> you haven't just been stuffing your face with hamburgers and French fries. Like we know there's a child coming, and it's almost here, but they don't want to acknowledge uh, the pregnancy. So yeah feels like we're at about eight months on this one and uh yeah we're we're taking lama's classes for a really bad dad joke here (laughs) um (laughs) for a program that will be heading to lama of course but yeah uh look i just keep waiting and keep hoping we know it's coming that's not the question it's not a will they won't they they are they is they be just waiting for them to say yeah okay uh, that is a baby bump it is happening uh, officially but you know we, we kind of can't play anymore right because we tried to be polite for a couple months and allude and suggest hint and now it's just like look you're doing it just tell us you're doing it and who you're doing it with we know who the manufacturer is wouldn't it be hilarious if they actually changed like hey they're going to be going to multimatic like what but anyways none of that's <laughs> happening but just tell us we know we want to write about it it's going to be great fifth lmdh yep. manufacturer wonderful uh, but yeah i mean there's i mean there's no indication tom firth asking a couple of questions here uh, no indication hey tom that there's going to be a um division that we're not going to see gtd pro for a single year and then lmdh and no gt program but there's no indication of that at all is there uh no so we expect there to be dual prototype and gt programs going forward yes uh yes 100 percent. i would say look at the model we have right now of the teams and style of things and how they've been done in uh dpi with the full factory Corvette racing team representing the brand in uh, GT Le Mans, I just expect pretty much the same continuing. All we're doing is dropping in a new prototype and changing the name on the side of it from DPI to LMDH. Like truly all I know and all I expect is everything we have now and have had for a while to continue unchanged. Just they're adapting to a new formula. We just cover off one final thing on this one from Sam Abdul Samid, and for no other reason, uh, it's a good question, but I don't remember seeing that name either. So, welcome to the podcast. We have. You are indeed. Yep, Sam's been uh, here. We? Yeah, he has. Absolutely. Oh, has he? Apologies, Sam. I'm just terrible. He terrible doesn't person. like you, Sam. See, um, we figured it out. There you go. Uh, Sam says Cadillac's supposed to be GM's lead EV brand. So, what if GM skips GT3, does Cadillac Electric GT, and moves Corvette to LMDH? <laughs> don't think so is the straight answer. Electric GT is an interesting one, but it's a bit of an outlier. And I can't believe we're going to see terribly many brands going all in for their principal program there straight away um, with an unproven concept. I think uh, that that it might be a few brands that keep a weather eye on it and look how things are actually, you know, have we seen a calendar? No. Do we know they're going to race? No, we don't. 
Do we uh, know absolutely everything about the way these cars are going to be regulated? We don't. And I can't see GM at this late stage basically saying, no, we're going to go and do electric GT. We're going to leave this LMDH business that races at all the cool places we've invested our time, energy and marketing activation for the last decade and more. I, I don't see that one. I'll be honest with you. I don't know about UMP. Uh, no, but I can say I have read press releases within the last two or three weeks announcing a spec E air racing series. So oh, electric yeah. airplane racing because the world wants that. And <laughs> uh, the man There's who's a boat as well. There's a boat. Exactly. Alejandro Agar is now in his third E motorsports thing. So formula air first. Then Extreme Air, which debuted this year. Now he's going to be part of a uh, power boat air, uh, some mm. form of e-electric power boat offshore racing. Uh, so, again, we just need to think up all the things that he hasn't turned into an e-racing format. Uh, copyright, patent, you name it, and then that's how we're going to get rich. Well, so, look, we've, already got, we've already got United Autosports involved in um, the Extreme E thing, and they are putting forward a pro, uh, program at the moment as a single-make um, electric series held only in Yorkshire, and it's going to be called Formula E by Gun. Wow, look at that. And Carlin Racing is involved in an E... Um, like razor scooter type series that's coming like no joke um it's just everything is e yeah stop (laughs) formula e wheelchair i think that's the one we're gonna get into (laughs) how long have we got i don't know six minutes maybe and you gotta say farewell so that's at least one minute of that let's call it five minutes um, a quick one from Ian Keyworth here says he enjoyed the episode with Ollie Gavin last week it's great to hear his old F3 stories really liked the guest episode are there plans for any more I think the answer on that one is yes no um, Gavin <laughs> killed the lowest rated lowest traffic ever it actually had negative listens I got complaints from the podcast host at Podbean. Yes, I, I've been. They almost they banned me almost for a week. Uh, <laughs> kidding aside, <laughs> we love ourselves some Oliver Gavin. Uh, the yes, the answer is yes. So after that, um, and I do appreciate you and Ollie spelling me for the week. Um, the plan is, although it's very informal, Graham and I have said, you know, whether it's one of the two of us taking a week off or just adding in a guest uh, as a third member. We're going to try and do that going forward once a month, once every six weeks. And again, Ollie, kidding aside, great traffic. Of course, anytime you have the OG of OGs come on to anything, that's going to boost traffic. So, yeah, we do indeed want to start changing, not changing the format, but just add some special guests uh, and so we might reach out to some of y'all to say, Hey, it's an open format. You tell us who you dislike. Cause clearly you would not ask anyone you like to spend an hour and a half to two hours with Graham and I, but, um, we're going to do that. Cause why we make this stuff up. It's totally up to us and you, what you like, what you don't like. You guys keep trying to vote me off the island each week. Thanks. Stop it. But um, anyways, kidding aside, we make it up. We do whatever we like. This is the not a serious thing, but we do answer some serious questions at times. We'll get a couple more in. Curtis Turner says, from personal experience, who's the most talented driver you saw fail to succeed in a career in motorsport due to money, injury, bad choices, mafia or cartel dealing, shady sponsors, etc. God, there's a long list. Huh. I'm going to give you a name that it's not that he failed. He didn't, but I think he could have done a lot more. I think he was far better than the career that he had. And that's Danny. Tom Watts. Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Danny Watts. Um, I, I seem to recall there was a moment. And I need to confirm this with Danny, um, that he was approached and was offered a factory Audi contract. And, was tied into a long-term contract with his then current employer, Stracker Racing, and could not take it up. Um, but that 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 young man, um, 
in his pomp was a a thing to watch it was quite an astonishing thing and i do remember a very well respected race engineer running out of a team hospitality to say i hope you're gonna write about the two quickest guys in this paddock european le mans series at the time and at the time we had or le mans series rather we had lmp1 cars to which my answer was what you mean ollie Plar and danny watts yeah okay (laughs) and that was what we had they were the talents coming through and both of them star burn brightly and continue to burn uh, burn brightly in the case of ollie Plar. but danny watts not that he failed he didn't but i think he could have gone way way further i think that's a that's a man we could be talking about we're in in the same kind of breath as someone like as alan mcnish or a sebastian way um you know is you know it's it's that kind of talent I'll throw in one Graham and then let's say farewell. And I, well, he's not, he doesn't listen because he has a real life and I would expect more better from him. Uh, But I know I'm going to get a a nasty Graham from him at some point in time, but that's fine. Friends do that. Willie T ribs, uh, a seriously dear and close, close, close friend. He had, and I need to qualify this. He had an amazing career in silhouette cars so trans am imsa gto high horsepower negligible downforce just wrangle abuse attack the vehicle to make speed (laughs) that's where willie succeeded champion greatest success you name it all the best willie t ribs we've ever seen in sports car racing came when he was in Trans Am and IMSA GTO, his step up to prototypes with Dan Gurney, uh, GTP era, late 80s, early 90s, downforce, not something that Willie T really was able to fully figure out from a trust and speed standpoint, Graham. So again, throw him into these true 800 plus horsepower flame-spitting, snarling silhouette GT machines, master, can't touch the guy. Put him into a much you know faster, might be lower power, but a prototype with big downforce where you're not able to drive it sideways and you it's really about subtleties. There wasn't much there. And that continued, just to step out of sports cars to close, that conti- continued in IndyCar. Where of course uh, became the first black man to qualify and compete the Indy 500, made history and had a uh, IndyCar career for a little while, and did well at some events. But by and large, Graham, the high speed and reliance upon downforce was just a puzzle he was never really able to solve. So, someone who is hailed as a, a pioneer in many ways and did incredible things in sports cars. But man, stepping into something with big wings and underbody aerodynamics and all that just wasn't something he was able to continue that uh, that ass kicking trend with. And he's going to kick my ass if he ever hears this. So hey, just a little FYI, I'll, I'll forward it to him. Take I'm us home. Film that. That'd Take be us great. home, brother. Let's do that. It's been a quick fire edition in what's been a confusing day in the world of sports car racing. With apologies for the pretty ropey signal from here in Portimao and Portugal ahead of the weekend's WC action. And with thanks to Cooper Tires, with thanks to the Justice Brothers and TorontoMotorsports.com, he's been Marshall Pruitt. I've been Graham Goodwin. We'll be back for what we hope will be a longer show next week. <laughs>